Welcome, everyone. Today, I have a special guest. She's the founder of Magical Mindfulness. She empowers burdened-out professional women to invest in themselves so they can step out of the shadows and into the spotlight. She's also the author of The Mindful Life Mat with us today, Jen Moff. Jen, how's it going? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Nice to have you here. I know you have a fantastic story. So let's start by who, who you are. Who am I? Who, who is anyone, Quinn? Who, no, I'm not going to go existential on you. <laughs> uh, so outside of everything that you already mentioned, you know, um, I'm a solopreneur, so I work for myself. I offer coaching to women. I also do consulting for uh, rapidly growing startups that don't have internal wellness or employee engagement teams. So I offer resources such as workshops and activities and things for them to help with employee engagement and EMPS score improvement, those kind of things. But other than those, you know, areas, I love speaking, getting to do things like this with you. And, um, you know, anytime that we can send off other people with inspiration and tools to empower themselves, that's really, you know, what I think my purpose is, is to essentially be a teacher in, in a roundabout way, not to like school age kids, but grown nice. up kids. <laughs> so it says, um, you, you empower women to, uh, to go out of the shadows and into the spotlight. What exactly yeah. does that mean? To me, it, it's a metaphor, essentially, you know, certainly it's a play on words, but a lot of women that I, I have been seeing, um, in various times of my life, they haven't been investing in themselves and that can be in the form of knowing who they are in their relationships, in their business, um, their self-care, all sorts of things. And they stay hidden because of that. So they've shrunken, they've, they've stayed, you know, smaller than they want to be. They don't go after the things that they care about, that they want. They don't even have, you know, a connection to their heart's desires anymore, whether it's in their business or in their personal lives. And so stepping out of the shadows means to reconnect to who you are, trusting yourself, standing up for yourself, and putting yourself out there to be seen and remembering how powerful you are so you can have the conscious relationships that you desire and build the badass business that you want and you know just live that luxurious life however that looks for you as a woman so that's you know really the the crux i think of why it's important um for women because the, there's a lot that they offer they can offer and they haven't been and you know the world's missing out on all those things that people have inside absolutely and Jen, how did you get into this? How did you, where did the idea come from? Well, um, it's a multi-layered, as it always is. But um, the beginning of the story, I was working uh, for an AT&T franchise in 2012. I've been doing that for years in sales and doing corporate training. And the summer that year, I was sunbathing. And all of a sudden, I just got this divine download I heard in my head you're going to take over Tony Robbins' job. And I was like, who, who said that? <laughs> and um, the, the moment was so significant to me and it, it didn't go away. Um, so I just kind of committed to seeing what that meant. And, you know, that was six years ago over the course of the time I didn't anticipate 
you know, it becoming what it is today. And I've discovered mindfulness later that year. And I realized that I used it in a way that was completely different than what is being marketed out there. Certainly it has, you know, um, philosophical roots in the East and was brought to the West by John Kabat-Zinn. But 40 years ago, up until now, it's really only had its roots in stress reduction. But what I use it for is a tool for empowerment and um, being able to help people manifest what it is that they want. So it's it's been crazy, but for all the right and wonderful ways, you know. Nice. So uh, you have you taken on uh, Tony Robbins' job yet? Well, I think there's room for all of us. Yeah. So I, I had a friend once that actually made a meme of me pushing him out of the way <laughs> in a photo. So I, I still have that somewhere, but uh, the sky's the limit for what I have to offer. And, you know, I'm sure I'll meet him someday soon. Absolutely. There's, yeah, like you said, there, there's room for everybody. Everybody that has a great message has their room in, in this huge world. Right. Amen. Yeah. So again, <laughs> something, I don't know if you are very comfortable talking about it, but I know mm-hmm. that you're also, you've been in a abusive relationship. Yes. How long ago was this? Um, it was more than one. Uh, the relationship ended in 2011 and uh, we were together for about six years. So it's been over longer than we were together, which obviously is great. <laughs> Um, for sure. The other one was about two years total, and it actually occurred after the the longer one, and that ended in 2014. Yeah, I think 2000. No, 2013. Pardon me. Well, the good thing is that uh, I guess they're both over, but uh, because it lasted six years, I know a mm-hmm. lot of people. A lot of people have misconception of, about abuse and. Yeah, I know one that we hear often, and you probably heard it more than anybody, is like, why didn't you get out? Because a lot of people think, uh, you know, uh, you're getting abused, so why not get out? And is that the case? Because not all abuse is, is physical. You sometimes don't even know it. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, I, I was never hit. Neither relationship was physical abuse. For both my relationships, it was emotional and mental. Um, and the, the longer one was also sexual. So it is, it is really important, I think, to one, reduce the stigma about like what constitutes abuse. And two, also that, well, why didn't you get out? And you're right, I do hear that. Not like regularly every day, but just out in the ether. You do read about that, you hear about it. And I think it's a valid question that people that haven't been in the situation just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And if they're not wired to be highly empathic or intuitive, you know, that also adds to why the question might arise. I don't know that during either one, I asked myself that question. Um, It was certainly something I was aware of at least two years in to the six year one that I was trying to prove something to myself just by staying with somebody. And I also hadn't been in a relationship that long and previously. And so I didn't know, like, is this normal? Is this what happens after a while? I just, I didn't have anything to compare to or to model after. And, um, 
I'd lost so much of myself. The running joke I tell people is I, at that time, I couldn't even tell you what my favorite color was. I can remember a day somebody asked me and I was thinking, oh, favorite color. I don't know. Like, that's just such a simple, you know, meaningless, quote unquote, question. And I think that was really telling that I couldn't even identify something that I liked as simple as a color. So to ask somebody, well, why couldn't you get out? Come on now, I couldn't even tell you my favorite color. You think I'm going to be able to figure my way out of this mess? No. So it, it took a long time to get out, but I wouldn't have had the courage to do that if I didn't regain some sense of self-confidence um, through connecting with other people on, you know, online, actually. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was really powerful and important, but um, why you didn't leave or why you stay and put up with it. There's something called the betrayal bond that is really uh, important to understand. It's about like almost like Stockholm syndrome and what happens with chemicals in the brain and like positive reinforcement. It's the same thing that you do with your children in a way where you're kind of using certain, you know, rewards to reinforce behavior that you like. And so if you're in a relationship with somebody that is sometimes giving you really nice things and feedback and um, is nurturing and kind one minute, but then the next, you don't know what you're going to get. There's, there's not a lot of stability there to really understand what you're interacting with. And so you end up walking on eggshells, but wanting to get this person's approval. And it's, it's very complicated. It is extremely complicated. And uh, I actually just, uh, saw another complication that I, I never thought of, but you just brought it up. The fact that mm -hmm. it was one of your, the first or one of your first relationships. Yeah. When somebody doesn't have anything to compare with, and I know that nowadays people's relationships at home or their parents' relationships, I mean. Yep, yep. If, if their parents' relationship is not the best, this young girl uh, could be in a bad situation and not even know it because they don't they can't compare with anything uh exactly that's, that's just scary it's some crazy like you said like um that's that's something that i work with in in myself but also with clients is recognizing like what generational patterns are coming down the line that are being taught to you because you know the parent is doing the best that they can but they don't know any better so, you know, it's the ad, old adage, when you know better, you do better. But until you know better, you're just doing the same thing. So, yeah, if, if somebody doesn't intercede for themselves, the next generation is going to have, you know, modeling or um, basically a, a, an indirect request to, to behave in certain ways or to tolerate certain things. Yeah. It does worry me because I have, I have two little girls and mm. I – you know, thinking of how can you make sure that they are aware and also yeah. uh, make sure the parents are aware that the way they're raising their kids to, you know, to really be respectful. And it's just, it does worry me. So I think that's because you care. I think that's important. Like, it, you know, the, I don't know that it's a worry so much as just like a genuine caring. You want to make sure that, you know, they're, going to be able to take care of themselves and they know, you know, their worth and what to tolerate and what, you know, mm -hmm. is, is okay. 
another thing is that I know when people go through abuse, any kind of abuse, mm-hmm. the easiest thing to do is to just, I guess, let yourself go and assume I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. Blame yourself. Mm-hmm. In uh, we we both know now that, that that's the not the right thing to do. That's actually terrible. Yeah. So how can someone going through that right now know that they actually don't deserve that and they they should you know empower themselves and see that light? That's a it's something that I've wrestled with for a long time because I, I have such a heart for you know people in those situations, not just women, because you know certainly men can be in abusive relationships as well. Um, I think you have to take some time for yourself if, if that's possible, which sometimes it's not. I know in my case, it was extremely hard. Um, you know, he always needed to know where I was, always was checking in. Um, if I wasn't at home, I was at work and I worked right next door to him. And it was, I had no downtime, even the bathroom. Like I didn't have freedom to be alone in the bathroom to shower or anything. Um, so if you can manage to take whatever time that you have to yourself and connect with other people and not just for the sake of, okay, well, you know, I'm making friends, whatever, but really intentionally connecting with people, uh, whether it's through an online community or somebody, you know, locally and reaching out to them and telling them, you know, what you're experiencing. That was part of what helped me get able to leave. I had reconnected with an old friend. We went out for dinner that night and I was just kind of at my breaking point. And so we stayed out after dinner and walked around and walked around and I told her everything that was going on. And I had never told anybody before. I kept everything in. So, you know, those people that are in those situations, they might be doing the same. They might not even have admitted to themselves that something bad is going on or something that they don't like or is, you know, doesn't make them happy. And in those moments, they not, might not be able to realize it has anything to do with how they see themselves as being worthy or enough or, you know, having confidence to leave. Because if, if you're that beaten down, it's, it's just really challenging in that state to get there. You have mm-hmm. to have support from outside, I believe. Yeah. I think breaking a routine may be the, the best way to probably get you aware. And the reason I'm saying this is because I was in an abusive place, but it wasn't a personal relationship. It was at work. Yep. And it happened for so many years. And when you were talking, I think the, the only difference was I, I didn't have to let them know about how long I was in the shower. That was the <laughs> Yeah, what I ate and at home and off work, everything and where are you right now and all that stuff. And this was employee, Mm -hmm. employer Mm -hmm. relationship and it lasted for many years and a break in routine is what kind of made me aware of like, why are you putting up with this? Yeah. And just like you, I never told anybody because... I'm a man, I'm supposed to be tough and yeah. I, I have to put up with this stuff. And I, and that's why I never told anybody. And I just, yeah. 
it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. It is. I think you bring up a really important point. Like abuse and toxic relationships, stress-inducing relationships, whatever language we want to use, they can exist in any kind of relational dy- dynamic. It doesn't just have to be somebody you're sleeping with that you call boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever. It absolutely happens in the workplace, especially in environments where there's a lot of um, kind of corporate red tape and layers of managers and, you know, this almost vying for power and control because that's what um, those kind of relationships all come back to is, you know, who can you keep under your thumb to make yourself look good, to, you know, feel like you have some semblance of control over things in some area of your life because in another you don't feel, you know, a sense of stability. I think that's, that's something that I've also experienced too, having bosses like that. So I, I really do feel for you. So you, unfortunately you've been through it all. Well, it's now I work for my, it's now why I work for myself and yeah. no, not entirely that reason, but I think, you know, ultimately those things, I think I have to view them as gifts to help me fully understand all of the experiences so that I can better support others because otherwise then I just look at myself as a victim and that serves no one, you know? Yes. And uh, actually Tony Robbins has a saying that your biggest failure most of the times is the best thing that happened to you Mm. because it's going to change who you are and that probably in, or more than certainly changed who you are and sure changed who I am. Is that probably one of the reasons why now you help other women? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when I got out of the relationship, it was certainly like an amazing thing in and of itself. And I was like, cloud nine, wonderful. And then, you know, the weird moment of you will get Tony Robbins job happened. <laughs> and then, you know, just everything else that started unfolding since then, it there's a couple of things that are just near and dear to my heart. Certainly, you know, like domestic violence, you know, toxic relationships in general without focusing on them and thinking them as such, but like really helping people come out on the other side to become, you know, who they always were. I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, I also desperately care about like mental health because as someone that has experienced those things, a lot of the side effects do materialize in anxiety and depression, which I've also had to work through over the course of my 36 years. So that's something that I think is really important. And, um, you know, women in general, for a long time in my life, I was not like, I didn't connect super well with them. I was always the woman that hung out with the guys. And it wasn't until after I got out of the relationships that I really started to reconnect to who I am as a woman and in my femininity and not comparing um, and competing with my sisters. And I think we need more of that kind of energy in the world today, in the, in the workplace, at home, you know, everywhere. And uh, talking about energy, it brings us to like a more positive place here. I know that, you received a certification by the American Psychology Association mm. as, as a relationship specialist. Yeah. What is this? So it's basically an, an acknowledgement of the work that you do in the field of relationships. Um, I was honored to receive the certification uh, a couple of years ago and 
I had to uh, apply for it uh, to start with. And there was uh, individuals of, of my peers that, that had to be interviewed to find out like, you know, is, is she legit? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, present bodies of work that I've, I've authored and um, just to establish credibility and, and my commitment to the field. And um, it, it was just an, an honor to me to be able to receive that um, certification. It, it's not anything that I have to keep up. It's not like a, a requirement to do the work. It was just something that I, I was lucky enough to receive. Nice. And as for, as for your job, let's get a little bit more into that. How exactly it works. So uh, a business will call you and you would go there. And do you only deal with a female client or a customer? In terms of the, the business side of things, um, yeah, I basically would work. My sweet spot is typically with like tech startups because that's you know where my history is. I've worked in learning and development and sales and uh, training for you know the day job for years. Um, so I've gotten to see a lot of what happens in those environments, and I I've got a heart for those people. Not like in the sense that you know HR cares about the people and takes care of the the human resources. Like I genuinely care about employees, how they're taken care of, and their relationships and how leadership looks. So I can offer workshops for companies on. Um, mindful leadership or feminine leadership or how to bring a holistic type of wellness into the environment. Because I think, especially in today's society, there's such a big influx of, oh, make everything, you know, really employee focused. We'll give them standing desks and we'll provide free gym memberships as part of your employment. And I think that's wonderful. And it's certainly a great step, but, you know, wellness and well-being is way more than what you eat and how you move your body. And so to offer workshops that focus on stress management through meditation is something that I'm really passionate about. And so those are the kind of things that I can do there. And then outside of that, I do offer uh, coaching specifically for women, although I have worked with a number of men who've all come to me on the other side of breakups and wanted uh, support in processing that and can process and deal with things from a place that's a little more balanced. And um, yeah, the, the programs themselves vary in structure because everybody's different. And I think it's important to meet people where they are. I don't work with a lot of um, individuals on a one-to-one -one level at once because I provide such a high level of support. I, I want to be able to be there as best as I can for somebody and not be burned out or giving somebody less than what they deserve. So outside of that stuff, I like um, offer group programs and I've done, um, I've run a mastermind previously. So lots of, lots of different fun ways to support people as they want to move forward and, and, you know, be the best possible them they can be. And when you're dealing with these tech companies, you, phys you are physically there or is it through webinars and that depends on them. Like sometimes it certainly is a situation where they would need me to do something remotely. In fact, I was uh, talking with a benefits rep um, earlier this year. They need the most support on their remote team. So we were discussing ways that I could offer trainings or workshops via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, because those people work at different like schedules, it's a great tool that we can have people come in and out throughout the day 
or provide recordings to people to watch afterwards, things like that. Um, but I'm also certainly uh, an advocate for, you know, face-to-face -face time dedicated for training. I think there's nothing that can be compared to that. It's really super, super valuable. But, you know, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever we can make happen and what's best going to support uh, their people, I think, is, is really where we go. I agree with that. Face-to-face -face is, is still the best uh, to me, I think. And I think we're losing that a bit. Most people seem to be afraid to, uh, you know, it's all texts or messages yes. and uh, emails, too. And a lot yeah. of people feel like the face-to-face -face is almost a confrontation. It's like speaking in public, but it's just one-to-one. -one. Yes. Like, <laughs> uh, question about your book, The Mindful yes. Life Map. Mm -hmm. The Mindful Life Map, is it, uh, is it the map of your life? No, I actually have a copy right here. I can show you. So it's, it's a workbook, essentially, and it's designed to be started at any time of the year, um, also can be reworked through. It's not like a one and done kind of thing. But basically, you know, a map is a, is a guide. So you want to think about things like, you know, where are you and where do you want to be? So the workbook has um, a fun guide for the journey and this is Nusa. Um, she is the mascot of magicalmindfulness.com. She is a narwhal and she guides users through the book to help them identify what their personal success statement is, their personal mission, vision, and values, uh, help create a board of directors to help guide you in all of your decision making, um, goal identification and creation. It's it's a really fun take on really getting your foundation set for yourself at any point in your life nice and this is available only on amazon right now currently yes yeah and so jen i just noticed something and i'm here laughing to myself and the people that are uh, listening, <laughs> i think i know what you're gonna say <laughs> they can't they can't see it so <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a hand <laughs> so, yeah for those that for those that are only listening, and uh, uh, there, there's also a uh, a video that will be up on on YouTube and iTunes video, but there's a hand behind Jen, and it's currently giving me the finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wooden, like bendable hand that I got at IKEA, and I was like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do with you. <laughs> yeah, the reason why I was laughing is because. If I had one of those, it would be back here doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we are kin, <laughs> they say in the South. <sighs> My mom doesn't like it, but I don't care. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. It's out there for the whole world to see now. So <laughs> It's beautiful. <laughs> okay, Jen. Yes. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked? I think I'm going to challenge that statement because I'm not a fan of the word should. So I don't think you should have asked me anything. Um, if you could have asked me something, I would say it's probably 
who, who would be like your ideal client? Like if I could work with anybody, I think that would be a fun question to answer. Okay. That, that is yeah. actually a fun. So yeah. who would that be? Oh, I'm trying to think of mine right now too. <laughs> as soon as you said, it, I was like, crap, I've now, now I've got to answer this question. <laughs> I just gave you. Oh goodness. Um, I think if I, if I could have it my way, I would love to work with, I think I'd really enjoy working with either a guy or uh, a gal who's super, super successful professionally. Like they are just popping off everywhere. Everybody thinks that they have it all, but really and truthfully behind the scenes, their personal life, their sense of balance, their sense of self has gotten so tied up in work that they don't have any other relationships and they're just really at their wit's end. And through working together, they would completely change how they do business and kind of surprise the whole world how they come out on the other side. And that would allow a lot more people to understand the importance and the power of doing inner work and not just driving from a place of go, 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 do, 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 conquer, sacrifice self constantly. I think that would be, that would be really, really exciting. Now, since we got into that, who would be somebody, if you could pick anybody, mm -hmm. that, that you could hang out with for a whole day, just hang out with this person? Ooh. I think um, right now I have been having quite the girl crush on Katrina Ruth, who's an online entrepreneur based in Australia. And Lord, she is just killing it at everything, it seems like. And it, I, I know that that's also not the case because she's very transparent, but um, she's definitely like next level me. And so I would love to spend time with her for sure for a day. Give me 24 hours, Katrina. Yeah, so there you go. Katrina, hope you're listening to this. Yes. You know, you know often a lot of people <clears throat> develop that kind of uh, relationship with somebody that feels like you know her and she probably doesn't know you yet. Mm -hmm. And I, I, for example, I don't know if you heard of Ed Milet. I'm not familiar. No, Ed Milet is huge. Um, now his social media is exploding. Millions of people follow him, and and I'm one of them. And I really like mm -hmm. um, the way he talks. And it's you know like life happens for you, and it's he's very positive. And he wasn't always this way. And I actually talked to him yesterday and I invited him to come on the show. And, oh, cool. Yeah. And not only I got the answer, but the answer is, yes, I'm going to get Michael to work on the calendar some, to get him in. I'm like, this is fantastic. So um, Good for you. Congrats. That's cool. Thank you. So it's not going to be a 24-hour hanging out together, but... <laughs> Start somewhere. <laughs> All right, Jen. So for the people listening to us, uh, if they want to find you and contact you, use your services, where yeah. do they find you? So if you're interested in learning more about what I can offer in terms of consulting for your company, you can check out uh, www.thegenmoff.com. And if you're an individual that would like to see how you could get support one-on-one -on -one or through you know, any of the group programs that I happen to run as a coach, you can check that out at magicalmindfulness.com. 
Otherwise, social media, I primarily hang out on Instagram at the Gen Moff and on Facebook, I run a private group for uh, single women and married women and entrepreneurial women that are wanting to do this work. So it's a great space to connect. It's, called, it's currently called Single Solopreneurs Leveling Up, and that's where you can find me. There you go thegenmoff.com and I'm also going to have all these links on the show notes along with your book so everybody can find the mindful life map I'll have the link to that Jen it was a pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for having me Quinn I really appreciate your time and I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as me thank you again